Farrah now has uh, some room to move. Got a pass away to Nissen. Nissen's up to the halfway mark. Got away from Siren and still going Nissen. He's got support too from Hagen. This is a Canterbury Banks down try. And a very good one as Hagen crosses near the post. And the Canterbury Leagues Club all smiles and cheers for that was a great bout. The Canterbury drive. Strike. Manaya Elliott, good first touch. Now the strike coming in. And a goal. Macy Fraser. Goes big, goes big. He gets six. It's one, two, three, four for Quinton de Kock. He's signing off from this form of the game later this month. Is he signing off in style? Now, now, now. Yes, six more. Miller's played a blinder. He's got the 50. It's taken South Africa past 350. Good morning and welcome into Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It is 6.04 and uh, Kempe uh, looking pretty good as it settled down up in Kiri Kiri. I can see you got the muscle shirt on. You're obviously inspired by Finn Allen <laughs> yesterday. You got the guns out. You've been working on those. But it looks like a clear blue day behind you. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was so hot up here yesterday, Rick, out, uh, outside working all day. Got a bit of sun actually, a little bit chapped up. I was telling kids, I'm going to miss those... Those tunes that Kez gets us going for uh, first thing in the morning, as we all know, today is the last day of Captain Kate in the kitchen as he moves on to uh, brighter pastured fields um, in the in the sporting realm. I'm sure we'll get a little bit more out of him as Field he goes on, Rick. But um, no, it's a it's a sad day for us. I've, I've known Kez for the two years that I've been at SENZ, started with us in the kitchen. Um, right at the beginning and, and finishing his, his gig in the kitchen as well. So a big shout out to my good mate Kieran, Captain K in the kitchen, does uh, all the netball crossovers for us, very knowledgeable in all things sport, American especially, and we'll get some of that out of him today, later on today, uh, Rick Dog, when he does our NBA catch-up at 8.40. So looking forward to that. Um, and I've got a little something for him too, Rick. I've got a quick fire, five questions for him later on, just before Ooh, he goes. Okay, all right. I look forward to that. Look forward to that, Kez. I promise I had nothing to do with this. I, How this much money have me. I lent you, Kez, over the last two years? Yeah. That's the first one. <laughs> How much have I made you? <laughs> Possibly. Also coming up on the show, an old teammate of yours, Kempe, Michael Hagen, assistant co- co- coach of the Kangaroos now as well. He's joining us just after seven. So it'd be good to get some inside word from the enemy camp. Chloe Knott from the Wellington Phoenix women's team. They play... Part of a double hitter on Saturday afternoon at Sky Stadium uh, against the Brisbane Roar. The men are also playing that day against the Brisbane Roar. And Mark Coral, uh, former Kiwi as well, out of Australia just after 8 o'clock. So it's a busy old show. Yeah, and uh, obviously the t- the tone of the show is uh, not just Captain K, but Rugby League because we've got the Test match, the final of the Pacific Nations coming up down in Waikato on Saturday night. Both teams being named. Uh, Mick Hagan, great, uh, great player for... Uh, Queensland, of course, and uh, the Newcastle Knights scored that try in the 88. If you listen to that footage that Kez played right at the beginning off Farrah, um, Glenn Nissen throwing that ball back in the inside uh, for them to get that win. Hague's picking up his uh, his grand final ring and now sitting as, alongside Mel Meninga as assistant coach 
of Australia. So looking forward to talking to him. And Mark Hoddle, geez, if you if you do if you heard that name these days, you think Justin Hoddle because he's got all these podcasts, especially the one with Willie Mason. He's also um, a fill-in for for SEN in Australia. Um, the great player at Manly uh, was Justin Hoddle, but his father, Mark Hoddle, who played in the Kiwis alongside Shane Hoddle, Rick Dog, who was a winger, both coming out of the Waikato, um, playing there early days for provincial rugby before Mark went on and had a, a fantastic career, uh, not only just for Parramatta, but also for the Kiwis. So looking forward to catching up with him. I remember seeing Michael Hagen play the first ever game of what, what we call now NRL, Winfield Cup as it was then, that I ever went and saw live was I went to Sydney to visit my uncle uh, in 88 and we went to Belmore and saw the Bulldogs take on Manly. Uh, and obviously, as you mentioned, they, the, the Bulldogs won the grand final that year. And Michael Hagen got a, got a, uh, got his ring, but uh, that day it was all Cliffy Lyons, and Manly won that game eighteen nil at Belmore. I remember that remember that well. Dizzy Hazel was running around playing as well. It was uh, a, a good old game, but uh, yeah, remember that goes goes back a while. All right, let's get into this, Kempi. Let's get into this. Round one, fight. It is triple threat. We are talking all the big questions of the day, and I've got to say, the big question for me today, Kempi, um, is. Will the Black Caps make the semi-finals of the Cricket World Cup? They started so well, but they've now lost three on the bounce and they've got injury problems. Mark Chapman, Kane Williamson, Lockie Ferguson all unavailable for this game against South Africa this morning. And then Matt Henry limped off with a hamstring injury as well, which means they've only got 11 fit players there currently as things stand. And we've got to play Pakistan on Saturday. Basically, you lose that, you're gone. Mm, Yeah, and... and I don't know if you remember, but been saying all along that you can um, lose a number of games and still make it through to the finals. And on on the flip side of that, the Kiwis right at the beginning were winning all of those games, but you're coming uh, pretty close to uh, semi-final time, and they're right on the cusp of missing out. Like that, I. It's about peaking, isn't it, Rick? And peaking at the right time. And mm. if you look at the table. Um, right at the top with the South Africans in their win against the Kiwis and moved up into number one. You've got India number two who are playing just as well, basically with a with a match in hand on South Africa. So you expect them to go above them. Australia have jumped above the Kiwis into third spot after, you know, we were talking about them earlier on in the tournament, not making it. Yeah, exactly. And here they are now up there with New Zealand and New Zealand are fighting it out with Pakistan um, down there in fourth and fifth position. So... It's touch and go. I think it, it's it's touch and go at the moment. Um, I read something yesterday that mathematically, and we talked about England being knocked out, that if results go exactly to a certain um, um, win-loss ratio, England can still make it. Well, I find that really hard to believe because, you know, when they when they lost that last game, everybody, uh, you know, all the talk, all the stories, even out of the ICC, was that England are the first team to be eliminated. Yeah, well, and, well, and here's the here's the point about losing those games. Like losing those games, and you're still in with a shot, means that everyone is still playing from one to ten, quite good cricket. And we've seen that throughout. You know, we've seen Afghanistan, we've seen you know um, the Netherlands, Bangladesh, um, Afghanistan, all pick up you know wins that we never thought that 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 they'd get. And when you're sitting there perched out on the on the cusp of semi-finals, coming up against sides that you think you should beat, you just never know. No, exactly. Well, New Zealand have got two games left in the round robin, Pakistan and the Netherlands, and they have to win both 
basically. Yep. Um, and Pakistan, I mean, that is a good thing for New Zealand, is that Pakistan have actually lost games to teams they shouldn't have lost to. Um, so that might actually go in our favour down the track. But yeah, she's going to be an interesting one. Certainly made it hard for ourselves, and it'll be interesting. Um, I was talking to Nikki Styrus about this yesterday, and I said, you know, because we there's a there's a WhatsApp group for all the cricket media, and they feed us all the interviews there. And she had asked in there about an update on Lockie, and it was all it was crickets, you know. Um, Is that right? Yeah, and because the day before Tom Latham had said that he thought Lockie Ferguson would be okay, right? And I was like, okay, he he had a Achilles issue, um, and then Gary Stead the day before had said he thought Kane should be ready to play, and I was like, I broke my thumb boxing a few years ago, mm. and it was I was in a splint for six to eight weeks, and yeah. I said to Nikki, I said, <laughs> two weeks is quite soon, you know, da da da, and I told her that story, and she went, oh yeah, well Scott, obviously she married to Scott Star, Scott, she's like, I remember when Scott broke his thumb, he couldn't do anything for six weeks. No, well, you think you think you got to wrap your hand, your hand around that bat too, you know. Like every time the ball hits the bat, it would shudder, and if you've got a little bit of a crack in there, it'd be a bit, bit painful. So well, just maybe there's some maybe, anything, yeah, mate. You know, gripping, yeah, maybe maybe there's something else going on there, Rick. But you know, they, they don't want to let out, um, no. and they're keeping all the all the injuries under underneath um, under a wrap so that you know, we don't start to panic down here from a media perspective. But we, you know, I thought that they they were laydowns to get into the semis. I'm not too sure that they're going to actually make it now. No, no, it's, a, it's certainly a massive question mark. And momentum is a big thing. And, you know, uh, Pakistan didn't start well, but they're finishing well. And uh, that means everything, I think, uh, the momentum. So we'll have to see. I mean, on... Uh, on our on our favour is or in our favour I should say is that you know we've beaten them recently and beaten them well so Pakistan maybe maybe all right we'll we'll have to see on that one all right let's go round two yesterday the All Blacks arrived home Kempi uh, and I thought it was really really um, good to see the outpouring of support for the All Blacks as they came home after uh, losing that final there's been times in the past where it just would have been a ghost town at the airport, and there would have been tumbleweeds rolling through if the if our rugby team came home from a World Cup without the cup. Uh, do you think we've matured as a as a nation? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> I think I think I think um, you know. There's still. I think the, the the social media side is pretty vile. You know, if you look at the the uh, Wayne Barnes stuff that he's had to put up with after the 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 final. Uh, I don't think that's a, a good sign of maturity, um, and yeah, like it's I I do like that they get some support when they come home after not bringing the cup home. I think you know news, I've always said this: rugby unions um, like intertwined into a fabric of New Zealand society. You can go back. Kez asked me yesterday, like off the bat, like who's your favourite All Black? I always say Sid Going because I was a halfback when I was growing up. And always liked watching Sid go and play in halfback, you know, then went into Dave Loveridge and, and then Kirky and we've had, you know, Nuggie around for so many years. If you if you've grown up as a ever ever since you could talk and walk and saying what sport did you watch in New Zealand, somewhere in there is the all black side. You know? So I, I look I think it's a good thing that we got support there for them. I think have we matured as a country as far as that? Look, I just don't think it's um, rugby union. I think social media brings out the child in everyone. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. 
Well, what was the Mike Tyson quote? It says, "Social media of uh, social media has been. I mean, people have got way too comfortable talking smack without the fear of being punched in the face." Yeah, well, it is. It's a it's a brave man's way of communicating to people. Um, you know, you you never say things like that to someone. Well, imagine saying, you know, calling Mike Tyson out um, to his face. You'd never do that. And and the way that people, you know, they do. There's some vile stuff that goes around on on the back of people's comments. Uh, you just got to remember that, you know, it is part of life now. And um, I just think that that Wayne Barnes. When I read about that, I was like, well, you know, again, here we go. We we were starting to look like sore losers. You know what I mean? Yep. But that but. But based on we've had this winning culture for so long, I just thought we could have handled it a little bit better. Round three. And this one right in your wheelhouse, Kempe, because uh, he's going to be earning the sort of money that you obviously uh, pull in each week. Um, Joey Manu. I wish. <laughs> Joey Manu has uh, been linked to a move to St. George. He's in the last year of his deal with the Roosters, so he, from today, uh, well, from yesterday, he could start talking to other clubs. And it sounds like the St. George Dragons are keen to get him. They're going to offer him $5 million Australian over four years, so it's about $1.25 million a year. Do you reckon he takes it? Oh, he's got to take it, doesn't he? You know, like, he's at that time of his career, too, where the next four years are, you know, on the, on the cusp of, you know, his best years, and then then the downturn into, into you know, um, picking up probably one more contract post this one. Uh, Flano at St. George going there, um, Flanagan to, to coach him, has made, you know, um, this known right from the get-go that Joey Manu was his number one target. And I like the comments that he's made around Joey Manu's um, position at fullback. You know, obviously he had a look at him when he's playing for them at the Kiwis. They need someone, you know, it's a... It, it's a great position to fall. If you if you look at the competition, all the good fullbacks are up there in the semi-final sides. Um, it's a great position to fall, especially for St George. I guess for, from Joey Manu's p- perspective, um, and he's got a he's got a ring. Is is does he see this as a a career-defining move to look after his future, or does he still think that Sydney City uh, are the the team that's going to get him another ring? And and I you know for me. Being in that position, um, I think he has to make a wise decision here and, and the benefit of his financial, um, I guess, freedom as his, as his age starts to, to tick over. So that $1.2 million, I can guarantee you he ain't going to get that at the Roosters. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what else or who else maybe uh, comes in for him because I, I think if you're Joey Manu, that one thing in your back of your mind is, do the Dragons know what they're doing? I don't doubt Shane Flanagan as a coach. But uh, from things I've heard, that there's, there's, uh, the board may not all be singing off the same hymn sheet. Well, they don't because they're, they're split, don't they? Because it's St. George Illawarra. Mm. You know, so you've got these two clubs that probably don't see eye to eye but have to sit around the table. Um, $1.2 million is, is your marquee player. All right, so they're not going for, uh, you know, the Daily Cherry Evans type player or... A, a Payne Haas, for instance, or 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 a younger younger kid like Reese Walsh, they've targeted Shane Flanagan, um, Joe Manu, and he said that that circle of money that we've got, that 1.2 million dollars, I'm throwing it all at Joey Manu. Is there and anybody else in the league you think that might come in? 
To St. George or... or... Oh, no, sorry, it's for Joey. Oh, yeah, I, n- not at that money. No, I don't think I don't think of that money that they'll come in. I think Joey Manu would demand up to, you know, probably eight fifty nine hundred. Yeah, you know, you got to think about it. Three hundred, another million dollars over four years is a lot of money. Yeah, that's, it a, is. that's a decision that he has to sit down with his with his partner and his family and go. Well, this is this is life changing. You yeah. know, don't think, um, don't and, think and Wayne might be on the phone. Well, yeah. I don't I don't know whether they have the money. Because he has to pay overs to get them there, you know. Maybe Papua New Guinea gets in. They yeah. go right. Joey Manu's our number one target. We will we'll throw one point three at him or whatever. We'll get in the race. But Joey Manu will have this decision to make between himself and St George. I don't think there's going to be anyone else in there. The other players that are in there um, uh, last well, in the last year of their contract who can now talk to other clubs. There's two hundred NRL players in this situation, but obviously not all of them uh, will get cherry picked. But here's some names for you. Jerome Luai, Ezra Mam, Tom Dearden, Tohu Harris, Brandon Smith, Adam Reynolds, Angus Crichton, Bradman Best, Luke Carey, all among those players who can now start talking to other clubs. If you're running a club, mate, let's say the Warriors, who are you targeting out of that lot? Ooh. I, look, I'd target Joey Manu, but, you know, not not at that money. I'd, I'd say, you know, probably two, three, four on the list of um, of players, uh, I don't think you know. I think Tohu will get will get another contract to sign, but you know he's at thirty plus. He's he's on the on the way out. Um, Luke Carey, I don't think he gets signed. I think he's off to England. I don't think you know you're looking at players there that that um, a player there that's value for money. So re- really, Rick, you've just yeah, you, you've got to have a look at it if you're going to spend that marquee dollars on what's best value for money over a long period of time. Mm. And and in that list, there's maybe one or two of them. Well, yeah, I'd look at that, and I think Bradman Best probably going to be, you know, is one of the best young centers around. You'd look yep. at him. Uh, Brandon Smith, I'm not so sure about. Jerome Luai, got a got a bit of dickhead back baggage with him, so I don't know if you'd go there, but, I mean, he's a good well, player. Well, he's already been offered 850, um, you know, uh, as far as Brandon Smith goes, you, you'd sign him tomorrow, but you don't know, you know, if you would after the. I guess there's been some off-field dramas that they're trying to sort out. Um, Sydney City will probably, if someone came and let him go, type thing. Um, it's about the good people in it, Rick. So if you're going to sign him, you actually have to know. You you know what the footy can be like, but you have to know what it's going to be like off the field for you at the club because the clubs these days. They're making a lot more money with the the attitude of players off the field. Then have have a look at have a look at one New Zealand, and the way that they support the Warriors. You know, the CEO comes out all the time. He's talking about them now. If they have a player in there that's causing controversy all the time, it won't look good for their sponsors. John has texted through on double eight double three. Said I'd be keeping Tohu and then trying for Brandon Smith if I was the Warriors boss. Uh, it's probably not the probably not the worst shouts going around because I, I do see Brandon Smith's future at thirteen rather than, rather than at nine. Yeah, look, I, I've, I've always said that they should have gone and when Brandon wanted to leave Melbourne, um, boots and all, you know. But but then after speaking to some guys at Sydney City and and finding out that you know there's a, a lot happening in Brandon Smith's life, you know, you've got to do your your homework. Yeah. And you know, if you're bringing someone here, Toru Harris is is such a good signing for the Warriors. You know, he's the number one player on the sheet week in, week out. He's done a fantastic job with that club going through the good and the bad times. 
Um, but what it says about Tohu Harris is that he's a, a good bloke off the football field. I think if you're, if you're going to spend that type of money, you want the full package. You don't want half of it. That's a great call. Uh, Keen to hear from you and your thoughts. The Black Caps, will they make the semi-finals? And Joey Marnock, has he gone to the Dragons? Who would you have out of that list? Double eight double three is the Temper Bed Post text machine. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring.